we make all kinds of connections from our neighbors to our co-workers from family members to people we interact with in business every day what about the connections we make to ourselves? today we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives this is things worth considering with hosts gord riddell and alexia georgiusis it's time to consider the possibilities Good evening and welcome to Things Worth Considering. We're a weekly talk show all about connections. Uh, the ones that we make, the ones that we miss, and most importantly, the connections that we make to ourselves. If we're good at it, that's the hard part. <laughs> uh, we know our guests uh, that we have on will entice you, empower you, and give you lots of things that are worth considering. And hopefully my co-host and I will also do the same thing. I'm Gordon Riddell, your host, and my co-host is here, Dr. Alexia Georgiusis, naturopathic doctor. How are you? I'm well, Gord. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. good. I'm good. For a hot, very humid Toronto. Uh, hot. Just beyond hot. Yes, and the um, cicadas are fantastic. I love that sound. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, just so that you know, we are live. Um, if you would like to join in the conversation, uh, we have a toll-free number from anywhere in North America at one 346 sorry, 9141. That's 888-346-9141. And I hate these glasses. <laughs> <laughs> well, tonight's topic is on spiritual awakening, the myths and the realities. So we're going to turn it around a little bit. So I get to have the privilege of asking Gord a bunch of questions about this area of expertise in his world. And before we begin, Gord, like this is so important because of the time of the pandemic, and I know we're going to touch on it that. Is. But but can you just start off with a little bit about your sense of training or experience around spiritual awakening, both personally, but also in terms of how to help people? Because you're a registered psychotherapist. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's one area that concerns me that sometimes it can get lost, you know, uh, that uh, the spiritual, you know, we're just starting to talk now about mental health. And, you know, I love Cam H's uh, motto of, you know, mental health is health. But, you know, the, the whole thing of the spiritual and spiritual disorders is still kind of in the closet. And, and we're really going to talk holistically about mind, body and spirit we've got to recognize that there is a spiritual component to this. And certainly the awakening process, which everybody goes through to some degree in their lifetime. You know, uh, so when would that begin to happen? You know, some people go through it very, very young. I did. Uh, uh, but it's also not something you just do once either. Right, you know? right. I think there's, 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 you know, there's elements of as we become ready, that we're, we're willing to step back and look at what our narrative has been and say, boy, is that crap. You know, so, yeah. you know, a narrative would be, for instance, you know, uh, basically trying to be everything for everybody else. You know, we want you to be this, we want you to be that, we want you to go to this school, study this, uh, and so on. And it's when you realize that, wow, you know, I'm not here to take care of these people. I'm not here to do their bidding or, or whatever. And that can, that can really trigger awakening. Okay, so this is really great that you're touching on the aspect of 
mental health and then really the the gap that's been there for so long around spiritual health because it's often scared people and thing that you know you can't really talk about that and even holistic health has often been you know physical and mental but there's no room or mental emotional but again what is that the spirituality so what i want to ask you is you know what is really spiritual awakening what does that actually mean it's it i think it's us stepping into our own under our own like rules and understanding you know religion is you know, I define religion as being a consensus of a group of people that says this is what reality is. Mm-hmm. Spirituality is what I decide my reality is. And I have my own uh, relationship to creation. I don't need to have an intermediary. Okay. Okay, that's a great, great way to describe it. And this, it's a very personal relationship, you're saying. It's very, very It's a personal. very direct relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't need to have a priest, you know, right. in front of me, you know, that's doing my my intercession or my my connection or whatever. I yeah. think that everybody has the ability to connect. And you know, Carl Jung, who, who talks about some of this stuff, uh, you know, the whole concept of the collective consciousness. We're already connected at a level that is not like you and I sitting in front of each other. Well, we're not actually. We're on Zoom, but right. uh, I pretend you're there. We pretend we're in front of each other. <laughs> but it's the same, you know. Uh, you know, the collective, the collective unconscious is where we are all tapping into some sort of, you know, level of energy. Actually, ideas float around. I, you know, whenever I'm teaching anybody intuition, it's like, have you ever had, you know, an idea for a business? And people put up their hands, and then. How many of you acted on it? The same people put up their hand, or nobody puts up their hand. How many people then saw their business open up? You know, it's kind of like we'll keep getting an idea from this collective unconscious uh, when the people who are run with it will immediately, you know, they'll be successful. Yes, yes. And, and I, too long. Right, right, right. So yeah. this alignment aspect and, you know, going back to this sense of connecting and having an awareness of what that is, it it's really can be, at least from my own experience also, is that it can be very um, destabilizing. And I think the word spirituality or awakening, it's so foreign for so many people that it absolutely scares them. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's maybe, like, how do I make my life work when, you know, this is happening? Yeah. Well, you know, for some people... You know, having somebody at the front who's, you know, going to do the intercession on our behalf to the creator, uh, source energy, whatever you want to call it, uh, is actually safe. You know, it feels like, we'll just let them do the prayers. Uh, um, mm-hmm. Very interesting. I could, I could get it wrong, you know. Uh, th- yeah. There's a certain amount of responsibility, I think, that we have to take on as we grow up. And the more we're willing to accept and the more likelihood of moving into a spiritual place of awakening. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. There's a certain amount of responsibility that we take for that. Yeah, and, and that's a really good point. I remember hearing something about, I think it was Marianne Williamson had said that, you know, years ago someone had said, oh, I need someone to come and clear the energy in my house. And and I, I don't know if it was her friend, I can't remember the story, but it was, she realized, wait a minute, I, I can do that. And right. it's very empowering. That's the That's the big thing I think about, you know, overall spirituality and you know, this aspect of what does it mean to be human? Yeah. You know, what does yeah. it mean to be human? Well, 
you know, awakening is not necessarily, in the beginning of the awakening, is not necessarily a great experience. You know, uh, in order for us to kind of elevate our own vibration, which is what we're doing, our own consciousness and vibration, is that we have to shed some stuff. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned the nar- you know our narrative, yes, the yes. stories, the stories we tell ourselves, um, and sometimes we don't even believe them when we actually go, what? You know, <laughs> that's my narrative, really. It's like that should belong to that guy over there. You know, yeah. uh, so it's, it's letting go of that, but it's also letting go of some old feelings of experiences that happened that we perhaps sat on. Uh, all of that's going to kind of come up. You know, now, what's interesting is, is that when it kind of comes up through awakening, it doesn't feel quite as traumatic, you know, you don't so, have so yeah, tell me about that, because, yeah, like what, what, because I think that, you know, sometimes can, a lot of people can throw around the word, oh, I'm, I'm awake, spiritually awake, and I know how to do this, but Tell me about this aspect about saying that it's not that hard. What if, you know, because what, what causes spiritual awakening? What are some things that happen to cause someone to awaken on a spiritual level? Well, interestingly, one of the things that can cause it is the very thing that we use for treatment. <laughs> and that is spiritual practices. Meditation is a big, big one. So, you know, we can we can dive in there perhaps a little a little too you know, uh, profoundly too quickly. And that, that can cause that. But there's all kinds of other things that, you know, loss, you know, loss of spouse, child, you know, uh, parents, uh, uh, our health, getting a diagnosis of like a life-shortening or a life-threatening, you know, uh, illness. Um, you know, it's going to vary around, you know, uh, uh, different cultures and so on. Uh uh, any anywhere that losses involve loss of a job, yeah. you know, a, your your puppy dog, friends. I mean, uh, you relationships. Know, yeah, you know, I mean, for sure. Just, and, you know, absolutely anything like that that becomes a possibility that uh, uh, it can precipitate that. Yeah, you know? and I I, I think that those going to go down with it. Right, right, and and I feel that those major life events, you know, whether it's. It, and it's also a lot around perspective of those life events. Right. That they, they, the value we place. Yeah, and they really shake up, again, the narrative and also our sense of stability, our sense of, again, the story that we're living and the beliefs. So then suddenly if you have a belief that I'm going to, you know, be with this person for the rest of my life and it doesn't happen that way, then right. what? Then you, ha- then you have this void so, so this aspect of the shedding also, I think, is really important because often I don't think that's really understood around the depth of sometimes the pain that's there, that that is involved in the shedding. Uh, yeah, it really depends on who's who else is supporting it for us, though. You know, if you got your hmm. whole family that's supporting this narrative, that you're just like, I'm not doing this narrative, okay. Uh, that's going to be, you know, very difficult. It's much more difficult to pull out of. If it's only your narrative, you know, and you don't have a lot of, as I said, support around it, or you don't have a lot of people... Reinforcing, uh, sort of colluding with the same story you're saying. Right, right. That they they somehow or other feel better about it. You know, it makes them feel good if that's your narrative. Uh, You know, I mean, an example of that is going to be a gay person. You know, 
they every you know it's the grandchildren the you know the dates the you know all of that part of the narrative until the person turns around and says you know I'm a gay man or I'm a lesbian and yeah. it's like what what about the grandchildren right. so their narrative is also forced to change uh-huh. you know? and it, and it, I mean plus to say nothing of the fact it's already you know full of all kinds of other morals and 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 so on but. Uh, just keeping it at that, you know, that's going to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense because it, it's a sense of control and clinging to the past. So, oh, yeah. so you know, that I don't want things to change or I want to have control. And so much fear can come well, up. I just want to believe something. Yeah. Tell me about your childhood. Oh, was, I had a great childhood. Please. Nobody had a great childhood, <laughs> you know. I mean, there's 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 trauma, there's growing up, there's puberty. I mean, they're just you know breaking up the our first love, our first goodbye, on and on and on it goes, you know. But you know what's the narrative on that one is is that I had a great childhood. I want to believe that, you know. I want to believe that because if I don't believe that, well, what was your relationship like with your parents? Fabulous, you know. Well, usually we had a good good parent and a bad parent, like the good cop, bad cop. You know, so if somebody somebody comes in and they're talking a lot about bad cop, you know, uh, it's like, well, what about the other one? Where were they to take care mm-hmm. of you? Mm-hmm. But you can't go near that because then you'd have two bad cops. <laughs> right. You know, so it's very it's a very sort of tricky kind of a thing. But all of those things will precipitate an awakening going on on the inside. Is that mm-hmm. uh, it's almost like that. Aha. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's well, I think it was Ram Das who said, you know, in order to find yourself, you have to lose your mind. And, and uh, <laughs> really? you know, it, really? it's, it's a great little saying, but, you know, going and, and this is, I know, a huge, huge topic. Um, but it really is. What about, you know, are there parts or layers to awakening? Yeah, there is. There is, okay. you know, it's like not everybody will go through every one, but you have, you know, when when does awakening become a spiritual emergency, become the dark night of the soul? Uh, you know, and each one of those we can look at separately, you know, because I think they're all important. Uh, but not everybody's going to go through it. And not only that, it, there's nothing that says you can't go through this two, three, four, five times. Yeah, that to me is fascinating around that. I yeah. think it's the lessons and the continual evolution and expansion. Of, expansion, of exactly. Expansion of, of the self, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if, you know, people who know anything about therapy know that, you know, okay, so I talked about my mother six months ago. And three months ago, I talked about my mother. Two months, four, you know, and now, why am I talking about my mother again? How many times do I have to talk about her? It's because we're always going deeper and deeper, you know, into a greater understanding. In the same way, this is almost like the reverse. The awakening and the increase in our vibrational energy goes up and up and up. And it doesn't go up in one fell, one fell swoop. Right. I mean, I always have loved phone calls that says, so if I take a course at your school, um, will I be enlightened? Yeah. I've said, how do you know you weren't already? <laughs> good, good, good question. You know, really, who knows what enlightenment looks like? We have, we have, we have uh, archetypes of it. We have, you know, people like the Buddha, like yeah. Gandhi, you know, maybe Mother Teresa, uh, right. you know, that are enlightened people. That, maybe the Dalai Lama, scopes. you know. Yeah, the Dalai Lama, especially, you know. But they would probably, all of them would probably say, no, 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 no. I'm not right. enlightened. Who knows what enlightenment even looks like? 
Yeah. Exactly. I don't think, I yeah. think that maybe we touch moments of it, but this, this real shakeup of, of identity is what happens with this, right? In terms yeah, that's of who a spiritual, we are. That's yeah. a real spiritual crisis you go into. Uh-huh. You know, because, okay. I mean, we really, really uh, tie ourselves into, you know, who we are, you know, and, and people and people really reinforce that. Oh, you're so funny. Oh, you're so good looking. Oh, you've got such a great chest. You know, <laughs> if I was a girl, um, you know, like oh, just, just, I don't know if that's OK know, to say out loud, Gord. <laughs> I said it out loud. Why not? I mean. Uh, we know I don't think too many women at. I know that's a big, but I understand what you're saying. It's identity around it's identity, the physical, it's physical identity, yep. physical, but more than that, it's also the labels that we carry, you know, the, this, the, the, where we went to university or didn't and the stigmas that are there. Where'd you and, grow up? Yeah. What, oh, really? What neighborhood? Right. What high school to go to? Right. And all of those are, are, are us starting to label the person and pigeonhole them. Exactly. And that becomes the narrative. That's your narrative forming right there. Right. You know, who were you with? Where'd you go? I, I know him. You dated him the first time? Right. That's funny. I'm married to him now. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's a small town. It's, it's really quite fascinating. It's quite fascinating. Yeah, and, it, and I think it's it, it sh- the narrative. Right, right. And it, it shatters. Uh, uh, when someone is struggling with identity, because when we come back, we're going to take a break pretty soon, that maybe we can talk a little bit more about a spiritual crisis and a spiritual emergency. So on that note, this emergency is going to be to take a break, and we will be back in two minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You 
are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. And I am here with Gord Riddell, the host of the show. And this time we're talking about spiritual awakening and what this really means, the myths and just understanding it deeper. We are live. If you would like to join us, the number is one 346 9141 And so, Gord, before the break, we were talking about spiritual emergency and crisis. So right. can you, an identity, but can you elaborate a little bit on those? Yeah, it's where you know the the uh, identity and the, you know it's an identity crisis basically, you know that who you are somehow or other you know goes through like a drastic change in the meaning that you carry for those things, you know, um, you know so like your whole meaning system like what you know our purpose, our goals, our values, attitudes, beliefs, they just get thrown. You know, it's like, uh, you know, if you were to witness something horrible, a horrible trauma or be involved, it's, it's like your entire value system could be like, really, this is what human beings are like, mm-hmm. you know? And so what you believe the world to be is no longer true, right? And so that's where you now move into like, you know, whether it's a crisis or, you know, an emergency, whatever. Uh, the, the concept of spiritual emergency, that's from Stanislav Grof. And uh, Christina Groff, they they wrote a book called Spiritual Emergency, and you know they they really are just out, well. Christina unfortunately has passed away, but they're actually superb uh, in terms of their understanding of all this. Um, but you know, also having a spontaneous spiritual experience can also shake what you believed the world to have been, or what life after death was to have been. You know, so. An example of that would be a near-death experience. Right. You know, having, having a very serious surgery, you know, uh, where they put you to sleep. And then it's like, bye. You know, <laughs> um, you know other, uh, other things that are spontaneous would suddenly be a visitation. If suddenly there was a spirit just went poof. Yeah. Beside me here, I'd be like, yeah. I'm sorry, when were you invited here? <laughs> uh, it's, it would be, you know, for some people that would be like so jostling or spontaneous healing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so then it's like, okay, so where do I put this? Because it doesn't fit what I believed. Often what we believe is what we, what we were taught in school, which is none of the mystical stuff, none of the, if it's not measurable, it's not science. And if it's not exactly. science, it's not real. Exactly. You know? Well, and it goes so back to Don't give to me that. this flower crap. Right. That it's going to make me better. Is it well, come in a pill form? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, and it really goes, I remember uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton on one of his, his programs, mm. he talks about the split way back between science and religion. And that, you know, the, the ancient cultures and indigenous cultures were, and earth-based were very much around, no, there's a oneness here. This is not separate. You know, spirit is everywhere. It's in the rocks and the trees and the animals. It's not just up there in the sky. Right. And and I've, you know, going to your speaking to your point around this being very uh, well, to lack of a better word, uncomfortable, but around it doesn't fit. 
and and that we're not taught in schools or in most churches I'll say that very generally around what does it mean to be spiritual because I think this is part of the the problem I would say in terms of you know quotes healthcare because you know I'm quite critical around the, the idea of sick care but holistic healthcare means that you actually are working with people to help them understand what it means to be human what it means right. to be alive and and this is a huge gap it's hard work you know that it is hard work <laughs> it is hard work absolutely yeah. it's especially in a world of messaging that dismisses it or ignores it yeah right says it's not absolutely. scientific it's not real it's not wisdom i mean we know that information is not wisdom but this to me when people go through this it it actually propels us hopefully i think to becoming more wise hopefully hopefully, hopefully. you know wisdom yeah. is very expansive it's well it's it is very but very expansive also, it has what's also very very expansive is the pressure that's on us you know not to go into that expansive state right the pressure right. to stay in science, stay with medicine, yeah. stay with research as we know it, you know, the scientific model, you know, the media, the media, the media, you know. Oh, I mean, don't even, yeah. Don't even, not, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's tremendous, tremendous pressure, you know, as I always say, waking up, and anyone who's ever been in my class will tell you this, it, waking up is real easy. Staying awake is very, very difficult. Yeah. <laughs> That's very well said, Gord, I have to say, because it it is that practice of, you know, I mean, the process of waking up, I think, isn't necessarily pleasant for most people. Depends on what how it is, right? Yeah. But that staying, being able to recognize, oh, there's all this sort of dulling down and this numbness. And then when there's a wakefulness that's very vital it it does require that there are some deeper internal practices or intentions oh, yeah. in you know I believe. Yeah, almost like on a daily basis, you know. Oh, I mean, moment, moment by moment. <laughs> our brain is moment by moment. Yeah, really. Uh, it, our brain is very easily you know uh, coerced into falling back to sleep again. Yeah. You know, yeah. and going back to the old ways, going back to you know right. sort of what you know like we I, I think we arrive here as this perfect little spirit. You know, and then, and there's a reason, you know, uh, obviously there's a lot of learning for us is to, because I believe we choose our parents. We have some sort of a contract. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I'm waiting till I get there so I can talk to my parents on this. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> you really put that in the contract. Um, right. But, you know, there's a reason that, you know, my parents were who they were. I mean, I needed my mother to be my mother so that I could have my grandmother who would be my trainer. Right. You know, right. so it's kind of like, you know, that's my that's my narrative. Right. All right. right. So, um, you know, and if anyone's interested to listen more about Gord's experience and and his history, we did a show in the past on the hundredth show. I think it was oh, the hundredth show and, in January. and where I interviewed you more about your experience as a child and how you really got into spirituality. It's a it's a great way to learn more about Gord. I think, Just you know, little, we. I think we arrive spiritual. I think we are mm -hmm. spiritual. And I think yeah. it's slowly, you know, in our... I mean, this is the part I still am not 100% certain as to what were they thinking when they designed all of this. So on the one hand, we, we have these spiritual, you know, perfect children arriving. And we're going to throw them into this thing and say, okay, let's see if you can get out. <laughs> 
you know, unscathed, and then you're going to spend this whole time fighting with a dualistic, you know, a dualistic brain, a dualistic society. Uh, you know, everything runs in this black-white dual, you know, and, and yet the children aren't like that. We make them yeah. that way. Right. So oh, yeah. And we, we and the, the technology in terms of it, it really does dull the mind when you get addicted. You can you can disappear into something. But going back to now this idea of spiritual crisis or emergency and then dark night of the soul. Dark night of the soul is often something that's brought up a lot. And what I know you're going to talk about this more in your workshop next week. But but what is that? Explain that a bit more. It's it's sort of like it's all part of awakening, you know. Like awakening can go to spiritual emergency, or or a spiritual crisis. It can then also then go to the dark night. Now, the dark night was originally comes from uh, Saint John of the Cross. He wrote a, a very long poem in like fourteen fifty, so hmm. maybe maybe fifty two, maybe you know forty nine. It was anyways. It's a long time ago. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the Canadian singer, L- Lorena McKinnon. Oh, yeah, Lorena McKinnon. Yeah, yeah. M- McKinnon, yeah. She yes. actually put it to music. Oh, really? Yeah, mm-hmm. and she has a song. And, and so he didn't, he didn't title it, but it's been sort of picked up and been used for a long time. It's not a very nice place to wind up. It's a, it's a feeling of desolation, of isolation, and basically, like, Dark Knight of the Soul is basically where you feel that even your soul isn't there. You feel so incredibly empty. You know, so that's a very, very scary place for people. Very scary place. Yes, and, and do you think it's also correlated when people are in that place? Because from a naturopathic perspective, and, you know, I use a lot of homeopathy, and homeopathy, there's often what are called, <clears throat> pardon me, miasms and patterns that you're looking at that someone has the delusion of their experience. And often when that emptiness is there, it's also can be a place where there's suicidal ideation and homicidal ideation because it's so empty. And, and is Absolutely. this, you know, part of dark night of the soul as well? Yeah, because it's, it's that extension of the crisis with identity of like, who am I? Why am I here? So, you, so it's also then another word we can throw in here is existential. There's an right. existential crisis taking place. You know, and that's like, what's the meaning of life? Uh, you know, why, why are we here? What are we doing? What are we doing it for? You know, those kinds of things. So, um, none of none of this, this is not like a stepping. You know, going through a step ladder. Like this step goes to this step. Right. It's this. You know, sort of whole piece that goes up and down, or sideways, or or whatever you want to call it. But there's a fluidity to it. You know. Okay. Today so I might my... know who I am. And tomorrow right. I won't. So, so how long does, I mean, I know we're kind of overlapping, but how long does Dark Night of the Soul typically last or Awakening? How long does that kind of thing last? You know what? It's so individual. Yeah. Some people can kind of go through something in a couple of days. I think sometimes when people label something as Dark Night of the Soul, I, I don't know. I think they like the name of it or something, the ring. I think that true, night, true Dark Nights of the Soul are a little more spread out than what we think they are, you yeah. know, and they, they need quite a powerful, you know, uh, uh, initiation for it to, to be ignited in us. You know, I think that the more we have, the more we have pretended that we weren't awakening in any way, shape, or form, or we ignored any spiritual nudges which we will get through, you know, our life, um, our own spirit nudging us, that 
uh, that's kind of like, you know, as I always say, if, if uh, spirit cannot get my attention, it'll take a two by four to the back of our head. That's kind of a two uh, by yeah. four. Yeah. You know, it's a long okay. fall. Yeah. So it's a but long it, fall. It, it, it's a long fall because, it, you know, it's a, it is a place of that, that dark. I mean, it's like you, f- you just feel like what you knew about yourself has disappeared on you. You know, and from and that's the why suicide is exactly you know, and, 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 and I, addiction and addiction. Yes, yes. The opioid thing. When we talk about pandemic, there was a pandemic going on, you know. Uh, oh yeah. In, in opioids, there's also a, a whole one going on since like 2017. It was identified and loneliness. Hmm. In England, in the UK, there is a minister of loneliness. Yes, I now, heard that. It sounds a bit that. like Brave New World, you know. If they, right. you know, the oh. the war was called the Ministry of Peace, you know, and yeah. and so on, like double speak. But right. it was actually the incidence of people who are who are self-identifying that loneliness plays a huge factor in their life mm-hmm. uh, is enough for them to go and you know begin to do a lot of work uh, yeah. uh, throughout their country with it. Well, I mean, and it's it's fascinating how. Again, the the gap and the need, and hopefully through this experience and and that we're seeing this, that the conventional world and even just healthcare, even the naturopathic world, the same thing. It's it's really allowing people to experience what they're experiencing and having the practitioners trained with the awareness to say, no, we're not going to just diagnose you. And it's not against diagnosing by any means. It's information. Because sometimes people do need medication, no question. Oh, absolutely. But when you absolutely. don't provide tools to say, this is how you can work with this. This right. is what you can do. And this is, it's, and it's very, very challenging because our systems, which are, you know, we know they're struggling in a big way, are, are needing these extra insight and a sense of humility because you know one of the um shamanic practitioners that i follow has often said that there is a collective soul loss in the entire world it's it is a collective soul loss and people grieve and feel alone and that depressiveness is the shedding but again it's understanding what does it mean when someone is letting go of these layers and how do you you know learn as a practitioner but also as a person to look at the supports and the community to get through this because we know often people are very uncomfortable with discomfort and there's fear oh, yeah. in in the families we've and it's like oh you better go get medicated right away yeah. instead of going wait a minute wait a minute well that's where we you know that's where we move from a spiritual emergency put in medication and I understand why some people would want to do that because it really is scary for them. Of course. But now you have a psychiatric emergency. Right. And so by shifting it, moving it from a spiritual now to a mental, emotional, is we lose anything that the spiritual, and it's like it's on pause. Yeah. And so you'll take your pills. You'll start to go like, oh, thank God you gave me those. I feel more normal again. Sure, of course you will. Of course you will. But... That whole spiritual piece is just waiting for uh, for us to, you know, it's going to happen again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, and then we're on this sort of vicious cycle sometimes, then of on yeah. again, off again on on psychiatric medications. That if someone had said, "Let's just try a couple of things first, you know, and meditation, meditation and breathing, is like the f- most fundamental treatment that there is, and the most powerful treatment that 
there. Absolutely. I'm being in nature. Like the natural That's is the all about one. nature cure. Yep. You know, connecting to the elements. And I know you've talked about this around the, you know, the senses and having, you know, what is this experience? Because yeah. mind, as we know, will just continually search to label it and right. say that, oh, this is what it is, instead of being more open to saying, wow, this is really curious and scary. And I do need some supports in place because even the medications can sometimes, I think, give people some supports while they're processing. Sure. But I don't know what, if you found that in your, in your experience. Well, it, it can, it can, but it has to be kept short. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, here's a prescription for the next three years. Right. You know, right. the other thing too, when you talk about nature is this isn't about going and sitting down on a, on a stump in nature. Yeah. It's about movement. Yes, you know? yes, very so, good point. Absolutely. So the treatment for a lot of this is actually very somatically oriented. Mm -hmm. In other words, getting your feet solidly back on the ground, breathing in the air of Gaia, and just feeling the impulses that, that then begin to happen in your body. Yeah. You know, that's one of the ways it brings us back because when we're that cut off, loneliness, desolate, hopeless, and so on, it, you know, it feels like a big hole, but there's also a big piece out there that, you know, is, is just, we're just not connected to. We're, we're out there somewhere and we've got to be able to come back into our body. Yes. Just like we have to break and go to a commercial. I was just going to say it. <laughs> I was going to be. <laughs> we're breaking right now. We'll be, we'll right be back. back. <laughs> Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories. It is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Our physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Young Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, a view through the veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
You're listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell and Alexia Georgiusis. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now back to Things Worth Considering. Hi, welcome back. And Gord and I are talking about spiritual awakening. And Gord, you know, we were just before the break talking about the dark night of the soul. And let's bring this now into context around the experience of the pandemic, because many people are suffering. And I know you and I have talked many times that we felt that this was intentionally an awakening for many people. You know, the earth had it. This was predicted. It has been said over and over and over that this is a spiritual event, yeah. That we're taking place in. And I'm hearing a lot of the mental health, God love them, compo- you know, proponents talking about how much mental health problems are out there. And I'm like, eh, is I it? I know. Or is this a, are these people out there with spiritual problems? You know, I really think that, you know, it's a, uh, it's a more generalized awakening that yes. can allow changes. The way I'm seeing it right now is people are going to go rushing in. They're going to treat all this, you know, uh, emotional and distraught. And, and you know, I know that there's loss. And I know that people are, are very traumatized by, by yes, a lot of what's going absolutely. on. But, you know, those are all common experiences that can also exist in uh, a spiritual experience. So what if we could somehow or other convince people, or we're not convincing a third of the population to get vaccinated, so I'm not sure how we're going to do this. What if we could get people to actually meditate? What if we yeah, could have exactly. classes that were just, you know, you only need 15 minutes. It's not well, it's no d- commitment. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, we, we waste 15 minutes every, once an hour. You know? Well, <laughs> well I, think that, I think that part of this, that this has shaken up so many people uh, in terms of awareness, shock, systems, you know, whatever, all it is, losses, changes, pivoting, also recognizing that we, many people have a a really challenging time to connect to their own source of stability and be empowered about their health, their wellness, you know, prevention, you know, how to, how to keep the body, mind and spirit very healthy and look at what's around us in the world. Do you expect me to take responsibility for all that? Well, and I don't think it requires, I don't think it requires a lot. I think that is often, you know, I, I think it's often, uh, again, a practice. And sure, is it easy to go get Krispy Kreme donuts or, you know, whatever you want to eat every day? And it's, sure, once in a while, of course. But if that's yeah. your your main, you know, nutrient source, there's a problem. Well, but again, it goes back to, are people willing to actually see differently because there's a lot of resistance around remember we talked about this earlier around uh, in the previous shows around wanting to go back to whatever and that is blocking the spiritual involvement if we're if we don't go ahead and forward and go through this but as a collective i i hear you and i see it as well how it's it's also like when you start you know it's like i really need to go back to the gym i don't want to go back to the gym and, you know, gyms absolutely bank on us to be motivated on New Year's Day, plunk down oh, yeah. a few hundred dollars, yeah. go about for a week. Right. That's it. You know, and right. you never come back again. So they can just keep selling and selling and selling. Uh, 
And I think that whether it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's no. uh, uh, how you're going to dress, how you're, I don't know, go back to school, go to the gym, meditate. It takes a little bit of practice uh, consistently for about three weeks for it to become a habit. Yes, yes, the 21 days. And you you touched on something really important is that very often, I think, when we're not very conscious or not very aware, and it's so easy for the brain, we will say, I need to do this, which is a message saying that I I should be different, rather than actually learning how to tap in to go, what feels in alignment with me? Because you know, maybe the gym is actually not what I'm feeling anymore. Because if we, if we, when I always find this in practice, when, when someone wants to identify what they, they think they should do, like I should be doing yoga, I should be stretching every day, I should be eating, da, 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 da. <laughs> it's like, how, what is, where are these shoulds? And, and also it could be need, but it's not a need from the heart. It's not a need from the awareness. Right. It's a need from, I don't know the if critical, it's ego or the, whatever voice. it is, right? Yeah, the critical voice uh, comes into play here. You know, uh, often in the uh, you know in the uh, uh, part just before the dark night of the soul. You know, okay. dark night. Dark night's almost. It's so quiet. It's so desolate. You know, very lonely. Ah, uh, okay. So it's very hermetic. Very hermetic. It's, uh, in many ways, yeah, yeah. Mm. You know, uh, and and to try and not and try and not be hermetic is very painful. Yeah. You know, you just it's. Could you just like turn the lights out and close the door behind you? <laughs> Well, you know, I'm just going to sit here in the middle of the room. And I think sometimes that's, that's purposeful. But again, when we don't have... Absolutely, absolutely. I'm not yeah, saying but that. When we don't have it, right. When we don't have it as part of our our way of being in the world, the messaging that's out there, it's it's like, oh my God, something's wrong with me. Right. And you that's get problem. out here and have a good time at this party. Yeah, really? exactly. You, you shouldn't know. feel so sad. You shouldn't exactly. feel that. It's right? your aunt's retirement. You should be having a good time here. Right. Right. Your man's finally getting married for the fifth time. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So you were saying that the critic voice often comes up very strongly. The, yeah. It can come up very strongly. The dark yes. night. Okay. Yeah. Well, when, when identity becomes, uh, you know, when our identity is shaken to the point of not really knowing who we are, one of the few voices that is loud and clear always is that critical voice, unless we've done work with the critic, which I think yeah. we can do. You know, yeah. it's kind of at least at least treat it like a radio. All right, I'm turning the volume down <laughs> that it doesn't. Or changing the station, right? Changing yeah, the well, station. Good luck right? on that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of, how did that station come back on again? Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard, it's a hard one. You know the the uh, you know the dark night. It's just so important to realize that there is no treatment for it medically. Conventional medically. That's Let's what I mean. be clear, That's what like I mean. you know, yeah, yeah. because I think that spiritual, okay, I, I'll I'll the word medical specific. medicine, yeah, psychiatry, right, and psychiatry, you know, uh, if it is treated that way, then it's it's problematic, you know, and I, I really want therapists to become much much more aware of possibilities around what the pandemic is presenting to us, and that is spiritual emergencies. I agree, hundred percent. And work 100%. from that place because, you know, you can do more damage by some of the medications than you can by doing lifestyle. Oh, absolutely. And you and know. the thing is, that's why the awareness, I mean, obviously I'm biased because I, natu- as a naturopath, 
working with plant medicines that resonate for people. Homeopathy is beautiful. Acupuncture is beautiful. Supportive systems that allow, again, this energy to move and shift. And even going back to your point, Gord, about movement, it's not just sitting. We have to move the body and move the energy of the body. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's like, um, I always see depression as, you know, like the disease of depression is, is being where we become immobilized, we're frozen, you know, and even just the smallest movement can, you know, start to make a difference. So when I was, when I was actually, before I was, uh, you know, doing so much teaching, when I was actually had a, a practice was if somebody came with depression, uh, they had to, as part of their treatment, you know, consent to going for a walk every day. Fantastic. You know? I mean, the, 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 the uh, obstruction, not the obstruction, the uh, objection would be, well, what, I'm supposed to pay you and pay for the gym? You know, it's like, <laughs> I didn't mention anything about going to the gym. You know, if you're not sure, then get your neighbor's dog and take your right. neighbor's dog for a right. walk or your own. Yeah. Uh, but just, you know, just that little bit of movement, increased heart rate, increased, you know, even if it's yeah, mild. It's, and, exa- and not and interrupting the, the storytelling, the narrative, the repeat, because I knew, I knew a nurse practitioner a number of years ago, and uh, she would often go for walks with clients as pa- that was their session, but they yeah, would walking be walking therapy. out. She would yeah. actually go out for their session and they would walk around the block and she would do her notes later. And it was remarkable because you establish such a beautiful connection. And again, Mm. you're using the elements because this other aspect of being able to harness the elements of what's around us, just like the person we had on, I forgot her name, who did the moon magic around, you know, the energy of the moon, all of this awareness. Chris, Yeah, that that it's around us. It's here. So I know you're going to be... But we don't pull on it, though. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I mean that—that's really, a, the, really the uh, incredible dichotomy in our our life is, is that I know this is good, I'm not doing it, but yet you'll be the first person to recommend it to other people. So, like, you oh do yeah. Yourself. Yes. You know, I mean, it's like, oh, just yeah. like wow, you know, like to know that the moon would be able to give us energy, or uh, for me, it's salt water. You know, mm. if I'm if I'm going out of balance, I really need to get down to the ocean. Lake Ontario is not cutting it, even though it's a huge body of water. But you could uh, do a bath, a saltwater bath, sea salt. That's also a, a, it's a diving nice in way. that hurts. I <laughs> <laughs> it's not one of those big tubs. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, um, but just there's something about smelling it in the air. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the oh, actual yeah. ocean itself. Yeah. you know that. Uh, uh, it's very healing. So we we have these things, and I th- I'm sure everybody has at least one thing, but probably don't follow through. No, and I, and I think, again, I, I, I find in practice and even in my own life, it's often the expectation that it has to be, you know, every day, or it has to be a certain way, and it becomes too rigid. And then right. it becomes too, you know, there's so much resistance. And, it, and also, it does take courage to work with our lives and ourselves. There, I read a quote ages ago from the 50s that said, you know, the opposite of courage is not cowardice, it's complacency. Right. And I think that is so powerful because... It's like the opposite of, of love is not hate, it's indifference. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. Those, yeah. And look, you are doing um, a three-hour mini workshop next Wednesday, September 1st, live at the college, 7 p.m. Yep. And 
It's an extremely important topic, I think exp really timely given what's happening in the world. And you're going to be covering Dark Night of the Soul, Spiritual Emergencies, Awakening and Spiritual Bypass. Yep. And this yeah, is, we didn't even touch Spiritual Bypass. Yeah, I know we didn't. But it's okay. We've talked a little bit, but at least you're going to be covering yeah. this and this. Yeah. And the workshop and, is open. And what medical depression is, what medical yeah. anxiety is, because there okay. is also spiritual anxiety. The, the, and now the use of psychotropics or, or uh, oh, psychedelics, yeah. yes. you know, like ketamine and, yeah. uh, you know, that's the only one that popped into my well, mind right away. You know, you the, know, this is where medicinal mushrooms are coming and, and they've been around for Ayahuasca. ages and, and they're, they, they need to be utilized, but not in a way that is just medicalized because that to me right. distort, destroys the whole relationship and the essence. You cannot medicalize a plant medicine that has such a robust, you know, you about marijuana again? properties. Are you talking Pardon about me? marijuana again? <laughs> yeah, right, right. So, well, no, so but I mean, I think that, I think that, you know, nothing stands by itself. The, the interest in, no, no. and the introduction of, you know, psychedelics to deal with anxiety at death is one of the big ones. But there's also with spiritual, there's a spiritual anxiety that happens with spiritual awakening. Oh, absolutely. Anxiety comes up, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, so when you're looking at that, and then people are like flying down to South America during the ayahuasca, you know, uh, uh, things and so on, and people up here are dying because of the introduction of you know uh, medications and opioids. Uh, what's really going on here? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, good, really question. good question. Good you question. Know, we're looking for all of this ties in together, and yeah. and you know, I think that uh, I, I'm a, you know big fan of uh, Gabor Mate's, and he said that, you know, uh, we shouldn't be concerning and saying, what's the addiction about? We need to ask, what is the pain about? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And, and where's the healing? Where's the yeah. healing? Because you yeah. don't want to keep diving into pain. You go, where is the healing here? Yeah. So this, Hopefully people this... will come out. It's a, it's a really important topic, whether you're going through it and you want to understand it for yourself or you're helping other people. It's I think it's fantastic. And tell me and about who's going to be on the show next week. Next week, and you can go to the <laughs> college to register. By the way, if you're interested, go to the transformationalarts.ca. Uh, and next week, we will be interviewing Claudia Kirkhoff Van Wilk, the Whitewater woman, who will be sharing her yeah. connection with the world of rivers. And yeah. uh, it'll be great. The Madawaska, show, so. the Madawaska River, the Ottawa yes. River, Algonquin yes. Park. Yeah, exactly. Very cool lady. Be yes. looking forward to this. And uh, have a great weekend. Gord, thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, well, for, thank you. Thanks. And, it was uh, kind of fun, actually. Good, good. Have yeah. a great week, everyone, okay. and good night. Thank you. Good night. Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Alexia Georgiousis and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.